Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the invisible crime, a self-described targeted individual talks about the torture of electronic harassment and the illegal use of biomedical implant devices. Before I had that foreign object removed from my jaw, which I believe to be a very sophisticated, advanced nanotechnology biomedical device, I would get what targeted individuals refer to as electronic harassment in the form of a pulsing electronic charge or pain in the area where that implant was removed. Now, before we get started, once again, I'm asking for a teeny tiny favor. You can really help me out by completing a very quick survey, which allows me to know a little bit more about who's listening to this podcast. And believe me, this sort of data is so very important to small independent podcasters like me. I'm going to give you the URL where you can find this survey, but I'll also post it in the episode notes along with the podcast. So if you can jot this down, here it is. H T T P colon double slash survey dot libsyn dot com. That's L I B S Y N libsyn dot com forward slash conspiracy hyphen unlimited. Again, H T T P colon double slash survey dot libsyn dot com. L I B syn.com forward slash conspiracy hyphen unlimited. Again, you can also find find the URL posted in the uh, episode notes. This is a huge help. I truly appreciate you doing this for me. Thank you. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. Here's hoping you have a productive, satisfying, and safe week. Now, what happens when a typical middle-class man from a respectable American family becomes the target of a covert organization bent on controlling both mind and body? When that secret organization is armed with high-tech weaponry, which includes microchip technology aimed at controlling the minds and actions of its victims. My guest has been with me before, detailing how he was drugged, abducted, raped, and surgically implanted with microchips, and then tracked and tortured, and how his predators can even read his thoughts. It's truly a battle of man versus technology. He's back to talk more. Whistleblower Michael Fitzhugh Bell is a victim of what is referred to as an unacknowledged special access program, USAP created by the United States government, believed to be part of the military black ops portion of the shadow government. Bell is victimized through the illegal misuse of advanced nanotechnology biomedical devices embedded throughout his body using clandestine government classified technologies. The first book demonstrated this and used 
actual verified doctor's reports and documented medical images to prove this fact. Bell is under constant attack by bioelectronic torture weapons 24-7 in a non-stop assault on his life, fighting on the front lines of this battle of survival all day, every day. He's the author of The Invisible Crime, Illegal Microchip Implants and Microwave Technology and Their Use Against Humanity, and now he's out with the follow-up to that book, The Invisible Crime Part 2. Michael Fitzhugh Bell, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm fine, Richard. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me back. Now, I, we always say that, how are you? But but in your case in particular, I mean, really, how are you? Because you're being targeted 24-7. This is a constant battle every day of your life. So really, how are you? Uh, it, it is a battle, Richard. Um, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm optimistic. It's not easy um, learning to survive being a targeted individual, but um, but I'm hanging in there, and uh, uh, I'm optimistic. And through hopefully through interviews like this, we can make more people aware of this crime, and hopefully one day soon put a stop to it. The book is The Invisible Crime Part 2, A Targeted Individual, Synthetic Telepathy, and Global Criminal Biomedical Human Experimentation. That's quite a title. Let's start with the biomedical human experimentation. Is this a new dimension? Uh, Is this something uh, that has just recently started with you, or are you only now just talking about it in, in, in the second book? No, it's, it's something that happened to me right from the beginning when I became, uh, I mean, when I look back on it now, I can actually say that I probably have been under some form of surveillance or being monitored for maybe 35 years, but I only became aware of it in December of 2001. Uh, and then I, knew, I noticed at that point uh, with the organized stalking and um, some electronic harassment that I was receiving uh, at the time that something wasn't right for sure. And then uh, it was it wasn't until 2008 in January of 2008 that I was actually drugged and abducted uh, from my apartment in Hollywood. And I remember that the perpetrators were wearing frightening masks and at one point lying on a table a stainless steel table somewhere with a bright light shining on me and surgeons wearing surgical masks standing over me and i woke up thinking that it was the next morning but to my horror i discovered that it was actually eight days later and i noticed that my body was riddled with these with dozens of tiny corresponding and symmetrical covert cosmetic surgery incision scars and I couldn't figure out what had happened to me so I consulted with several private investigators and a former CIA agent that informed me that it sounded like that I'd become what is known as a targeted individual and that I'd possibly been implanted with advanced nanotechnology biomedical devices so from that point I knew that I'd I'd been and and also I traveled around the world collecting medical evidence in the form of MRIs ultrasound x-rays with all with verified and validated real doctors reports 
all clearly showing foreign objects directly beneath these co covert surgical incision scars. So I, I know for a fact uh, that I proved that in my first book that I for sure have been implanted and um, it's beyond just a foreign object obviously and I did have one uh, of these foreign objects removed which I believe to be an implant and but it, and, and I have photographs of that in my first book but that was taken away from me by the doctor and uh, sent off to pathology and I never saw it again um, but um, what the private investigators and the former CIA agent told me that I was likely part of a massive field test and an illegal clinical trial of human experimentation using classified technologies. So since then, I've known that I've been part of some form of biomedical human experimentation. And the device that was removed, describe it. Uh, it was removed from my um, left lower jaw, and it was about half the size of maybe a Tic Tac, or maybe even a little smaller than that. Uh, and it was smooth, and it was white, and it was not anything, it was perfectly, it was perfectly um, smooth. It wasn't any part, and it was free floating in my in my jaw. It wasn't uh, a part of the human body. It wasn't an organic part of me. It was obviously something that had been put inside me, and extremely sophisticated by the looks of it. Seeing that it was just this little tiny, uh, smooth white object, um, and not only that, that was one of four small objects that I had in similar places, in corresponding and symmetrical places, in both on my right and my left lower jaw, so that there's there's at least three more in my jaw alone. Um, but um, this, what what's happened to me um, is believed to be um, what's known as the, what's commonly known as the, the neurological weapons program or the neuro neurological warfare program and in which targeted individuals like myself are believed to be test beds for neurological warfare which would be um, an alternative to atomic and nuclear power weapons of mass destruction um, it would be I mean mind control itself um, is would be used by the military to gain a military advantage over the enemy and it wouldn't be hard to see how if you were able to um, confuse the enemy or make them uh, in any way incapable of attacking or even even in the sense of weapons of mass destruction those at one point have to be triggered by human beings but what if those human beings were unable or incapable of doing so due to mind control so that's where um that's where the, the um right the neural warfare program comes into it wouldn't it be difficult though to 
it doesn't seem very practical if you're talking about enemy combatants to first you have to implant these devices in them. It seems to me what's going on, and I might be totally out to lunch, but the enemy combatants are not foreign adversaries. They're the civilian population. We are the enemy, if I'm understanding this correctly. Right. Well, well I mean, the, the, uh, the object would be... Um, for the powers that be would be um, believed to be, certainly in my research and my studies, uh, to be the end goal would be human enslavement and possibly depopulation. You've only had one of these devices removed, so you're, how are you determining that the, rem- the other ones in your jaw are of are similar in design well i mean they show up looking exactly the same in an mri um and this and and at each site where these appear in the mri i can actually feel with my finger and if i open my mouth up and look in in a in a 10 times mirror a magnifying mirror i can actually see a surgical scar there in the gum line so I know that there's other ones, other implants, other foreign objects beneath each one of those areas too as they show up in the MRIs as well. And I can actually feel them with the end of my finger. Do, they, do we know whether they emit any sort of frequency? Are they like an RFID tag? Uh, that's a great question. I, before I had that foreign object removed from my jaw, which I believe to be a biomedical device of some kind, very sophisticated, advanced nanotechnology biomedical device, um, I would get what, what, what targeted individuals refer to as electronic harassment in the form of a, a pulsing electronic charge or uh, pain in that, in the, in the area where that where that implant was removed and I would have it throughout my jaw and, and at times it became excruciating, extremely painful. Um, but I also noticed that when that particular implant was removed that I no longer felt that pain in that area anymore. So somehow uh, taking that implant out seems to have um, disabled the the whatever whatever um, whatever bi- biomedical devices that are working in unison, obviously in my in my jaw. At you, least that's what I believe. You still have three. Why not get those removed? Well, it was difficult to get. I had to go to about twelve different doctors to to to, and each time I would go to the doctors. Um, they would, I, I would tell them, hey, I, I have this thing, I can feel it underneath uh, in my gum line with my finger, I can feel it, it's causing me a lot of pain. And then the doctor would look at it and then seem a little confused. And then he'd say, then they, this routine would go on at each doctor that I went to, that would go out of the room for a couple of minutes and, and confer with some of his other medical associates. And then always the doctor would come back into the room and go, yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to help you with that, but we can send you to somebody else. And so I kept going to 
they, they and they looked as though they'd seen a ghost when when I asked them to remove it, and they clearly looked like they did not want to have anything to do with it, and were quite frightened of me and the the possibility of having something removed, and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. So that happened to about ten or twelve different doctors, till finally I went to one ear, nose, and throat doctor that said, sure, I'll pull it out one day when I met him. And then when I came back the next week for the removal, he was a completely different person. He was all business and, and he said, we're, we're just gonna take that right out and then we're gonna send it over to pathology. And at, at, But when I first met with him, he said that I was gonna be able to keep it. He, I said, I'd like to be able to keep whatever you're gonna remove. He goes, sure, whatever it is, you can have it. But when I came back the next week, obviously he'd been spoken to by someone um, I mean, at least that's that's the demeanor that I that's what I that I, that's what I got from 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 the second meeting with him when he actually did the removal, and it was on the table, and um, I seriously thought about swallowing it for a split second, but then I realized that yes, I'd be able to recover it, but also I would probably be blacklisted and possibly get in trouble for that. I didn't know what the consequences were, so um, I did get photographs of it, but I did not, I was not able to leave with it. It was wrongfully taken away from me. The chain of custody would normally be to the, to the person that whatever's being removed from them, whether it's a piece of glass or a, a BB or a nail or, or anything, shrapnel, whatever it is, belongs to that person, and this would be no different. Um, but they said they said that it was um, the, the 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 pathology report um, listed it as a mucoid formation, which I knew was not a real answer right not the truth. did you ever have any dealings with the late uh, dr roger lear the podiatrist who is known for removing what he believed to be alien implants uh right. yeah any any dealings with him i did reach out to him um before he passed away uh, and sent him mris and um i never really heard back from him i i sent him I sent him maybe two or three letters and a couple of different times I sent him MRIs all clearly showing foreign objects and uh, I never really heard back from him honestly, but I did reach out to him. There, there must be, given the number of targeted individuals out there and the number of researchers in the field and there's of course Roger Tolsis and there's Dr. John Hall and others, they, they must have sort of their go-to specialist who deals with this sort of thing. Have you reached out to either Roger Tolsis or Dr. John Hall about having them removed? I, um, I did have um, one referral uh, from them, from one of them, uh, gave me a referral to a doctor and to have another foreign object that clearly showed up in an ultrasound removed from my navel but when they did the surgery for that in San Antonio, Texas, um, and that cost me $8,000 out of my pocket, um, they just opened me up and closed me. They didn't take anything out, and they may have, uh, something else may have been implanted in me because I, after that surgery, whereas I never had, I had a scar there and I could feel something underneath the skin and something showed up in the ultrasound, but I never had any pain there. 
But after that surgery, I felt the familiar pulsing, electronic, unnatural pain that um, targeted individuals become quite familiar with. It's in the beginning when you first experience any kind of electronic harassment or any kind of, of um, any kind of pulsing electronic pain like that. At first, you think that it may be na a natural pain. That sometimes you just have an un unexplained pain that comes and goes. But after a while, um, over the years, over time, you realize when you do have a natural pain and the difference between that and one that's being artificially um, thrust upon you unnaturally um, in, in some form of covert torture, really. So what are your symptoms, Michael, besides, uh, uh, you know, this pain in the jaw and I guess now in the navel area? What, what other symptoms do you have? Well, I have uh, something that's uh, besides the bodily pain, uh, I, I also have probably the most damaging aspect of being a targeted individual and the, the electronic harassment portion is the electronic sleep deprivation. And that is um, something, I mean, sleep is something that everyone needs. There's no getting around it. You need to have sleep. And um, with this electronic sleep deprivation, you're through several different techniques. One, heating your body up to the point where you're hot and uncomfortable and it's and you can't get into your comfort zone where you would normally fall asleep. And also, when you're just drifting off to sleep, you'll get, uh, at least a targeted individual who's suffering from electronic sleep deprivation, will get a, a strong electrical volt, like a charge, a, a, a powerful jolt that wakes you up and, uh, and gives you that, um, a panicked feeling. Um, I, 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 I could only, uh, compare that feeling to that, that terrible feeling. If you've lost something like your keys or your wallet for a split second, you're, 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 you have that terrible panic and that, uh, in your heart when you, when you, when you've misplaced something and, and that terrible feeling of, 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 of loss and oh my gosh where is that that's the exact same feeling you're being given as a targeted individual artificially when you're trying to sleep when you're tr when you when you're lying down at night trying to go to sleep all of a sudden you get this charge and this terrible panicked feeling which makes it impossible to sleep and then when you are able to sleep um, one of the one of the other um, terrible parts of being a targeted individual is the artificial dream manipulation that occurs where, where in the place of your rapid eye movement, your REM sleep is being replaced with these scripted dreams that, that are real. Um, How are you able to, to determine a real dream from a scripted dream? Well, that's a great question. In the, in the beginning, I didn't realize that this was happening to me. I just thought I was having these strange dreams. And sometimes people do have a strange dream. But these dreams, the characters in the dreams, um, well, the, the perpetrators who were behind this, the handlers, which hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to talk about that because that's a whole different area of this crime, um, are able to, when the targeted individual is asleep, 
through this dream manipulation technique, um, characters are introduced into the script of the dream in which uh, the mind mining process begins, in which the characters will ask the targeted individual questions about their past, about secrets, about every aspect of their life. And over time, the, um, the perpetrators will get to know the target individual um, through asking these questions. So the, 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 the dream manipulation, the, the remotely induced mind control, the urge induction, memory fogging, they're all aspects. They, these are all things that, that, um, that targeted individuals are plagued by. Uh, I mean, for, for instance, the, um, also for me specifically, not all target individuals have this. I'm what you call a signature target or a high end or a hard target. Um, and and they, it's been estimated that there are 170,000 targeted individuals in the United States, 1% of those is estimated to be a signature target or a hard target. That's hmm. about, out of 170,000 people, 1% of that is 1,700. So that's not very many people. And where do and these I'm, statistics come from? How do we know this? These are, these are, um, these are, my information is based on information that I've gathered from private investigators, a former CIA agent, corresponding with and interviewing thousands of targeted individuals from around the world and my own personal research and experience. Um, people that, that, that are targeted individuals that, that know much more than I do, that right. have shared shared their their information with me that's where i'm getting my information from the truth goes through three stages first it is ridiculed then it is violently opposed finally it is accepted as self-evident let me just read that again what that means conspiracy unlimited with richard serrett whistleblower targeted individual michael fitzhugh bell is here are they trying to get you to do anything? For example, do they want you to hurt someone, to hurt yourself? Um, no, uh, not that I know of. I, I know that that's that's the goal um, of of some of the some of the um, some of the target individuals are are seem to be influenced to. Um, to want to do things that they normally wouldn't do. Um, I, I, I have a list of things, well, of really of a couple of things that reasons that, that I believe that the targeted individuals are believed being that they're being exploited for, which would include this and this could include me too. I don't know specifically, but this is what I've gathered through my research that one of the reasons that they're being exploited for is for medical testing to see if certain types of cancer can be caused or mutated by simply through the power of suggestion. That's one of the tests that's being believed to be um, being done. You also, think they may be trying to give you cancer? I, I think that they're, they're trying to see 
I don't know for me specifically about that. I just know that one of the tests is believed to, to see if certain types of cancer can be caused or mutated simply through the power of suggestion. Um, so that's one thing that I believe that I may be, I don't know for sure, but that's one of the, one of the tests that it's believed to being uh, done to targeted individuals. Also various unknown mind control experiments because there's only certain, there's only, this is all classified information. So there's only so much that you're able to glean from, from what's out there. Also for sure, ritualistic torture and sadistic gratification would have to be one of the reasons, um, psychological and physical experimentation, um, human trafficking, and certainly perverse forms of entertainment and voyeurism. And also this is one, this, this is one that I think is uh, that many target individuals have been subjected to, to see if the sexual orientation of a person can be changed, heterosexual to homosexual, homosexual to heterosexual. That's something that I believe that the perpetrators have tried to influence me sometimes. Certain dreams, um, uh, I, I remember certain dreams that, that certain certainly uh, manipulated dreams, not natural normal dreams where um, things that, that wouldn't be because I'm a straight man, I'm, I, I like women, but I noticed that in some of these dreams, not now, but it, when I was first being targeted, um, I noticed that some of the dreams seemed to be um, of a different sexual orientation than, than, it, than what's natural to me. So I, I and for some reason, um, that hasn't been pursued by my perpetrators, but I did experience that those thoughts being projected to me, which weren't natural, which weren't my own. And I was able to distinguish. And, and also that's another thing too, Richard, is that once you realize what's happened to you as a targeted individual, it's easier for you to make a distinction between what's yours and what's not. Because before you, before you realized you're targeted, you don't realize that there's anything wrong with you really you you don't know about this crime you don't know the the, the capabilities of these classified technologies that um and, and so uh when it happens to you it catches you completely off guard um mm -hmm. nobody would nobody would ever expect this to happen to them and they and no one would ever say something like Wow, that doesn't seem like my thoughts. I wonder if somebody's projecting thoughts on me. You know, the, people don't say that. That's actually what's happening to a lot of target individuals. But once you become aware of what's happening to you, then it's easier for you to make a distinction, especially in the dreams of what's a product of your imagination and what's being thrust upon you. Um, right. Uh, uh, yes. Let's talk about the the perps. Y you yes, believe yes. that you believe that this this is an aspect of the deep state, the U.S. government, some black ops um, uh, access only secret access only program. Right. I, well, I believe this program in my research 
This program is widely recognized as an unacknowledged special access program to believe, believed to be part of the military-industrial complex, which is composed of the military black ops, the military, the Department of Defense, the NSA, the Department of Justice, and the, De the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, all of those things compose the military-industrial complex. And yes, I believe that this testing, this human experimentation that's being done to me is part of that. And also that, that crime in and of itself is a capital crime. It's the highest crime capable by a human being. That capital crime, it's the same type of crime that the Nazis were put to death for in World War II, once they were convicted of human experimentation. It's exactly what's happened to me and to other targeted individuals. Um, uh, I've, yes, sorry. Well, I was, I was gonna ask you whether, you, if there might be a, an element of Satanism here, because you indicated that there is a voyeuristic aspect to this, there's also sort of a sado, oops, uh, a sadomas, hello? Yes. Okay, my yes. audio just cut out. Hello? Test, test? Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I don't know what's happening. Uh, there, there may be someone on your end is messing with things. <laughs> um, it's in the case, Richard. Um, you, you indicated there may be a sadomasochist element to this. In other words, the perps are deriving some sick pleasure out of this, and I'm wondering whether they recruit people who are Satanists. Well, I believe that... Um, well... That's that. That's definitely a possibility, and it seems to be a part of. Certainly, it seems to go in 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 hand in hand with with what's happened to me and so many other targeted individuals in terms of the cruelty uh, and, and the the just the inhumane uh, torture that's going on seems to be um, perhaps it's possible that it could be satanic in nature or some kind of sadomasochistic um, uh, type of uh, pleasure that these people are deriving from it. But um, in my research, uh, there's three different types of perpetrators when we're talking about the perpetrators, which are part of the global criminal cartel. Um, they can be broken down into three categories. The primary handler teams are composed of operatives believed to be using classified technologies which enable remote monitoring, tracking, viewing, torturing, mind mining, dream inserting, electronic sleep deprivation, deprivation targeting individuals 24-7 operating outside the law with complete impunity. And then the second type are the organized stalkers or the group stalkers or the contract group stalkers um, which are working at the street level as foot soldiers, following, leading, and harassing targeted individuals wherever they go out in public globally. And then the third group are unwitting perpetrators, believed to be mind-controlled, ordinary citizens that harass targeted individuals on an unconscious level, unaware of their actions, being remotely directed by their own set of handlers. And... The handler teams is something that I talk about in the second book. They're believed to be composed of a minimum of four people working in 12-hour shifts with two people 
posted at each shift. Some handler teams may have as many as six to eight team members working in six to eight hour shifts with two people posted at each shift operating 24 seven, 365 days a year. And each team will most likely have a computer specialist as the manipulation of the targeted individual's computer and email are an important, crucial part of the mind control process. Each team will also likely have a psychologist as well as an electronics specialist for phone tapping and manipulation of the electric, electrical grid of the targeted individual's residence. The handler teams are reportedly deluded into thinking that the ongoing human experimentation tests that they are conducting are for reasons other than that of military research. It's unlikely that the perpetrators will ever come forward to reveal their operations as it is highly illegal and breaks dozens of laws. Perhaps the conscience of at least one of these basically good people will drive them to expose this cruel and inhumane crime against humanity. Well, that's, that's, an, what we, that's an excellent that's what, point, because let's just do the math here. If there are, I think you said by your estimate or your research, 170,000 right. targeted individuals. Right. Do each yeah. of these individuals, are they assigned a team of this scope? Because if that's the case, we're talking about more people working on this program than the Manhattan Project. Right. Well, this that's the thing. Uh, I, I know that a high-end target, a signature target, or a hard target like myself has this type of attention, this type of money, this type of investment. Uh, and when you're looking at the investment, the, the estimations in my, um, from private investigators, from the former CIA agent, and through interviewing thousands of target individuals and, and gleaning information, uh, I've, it's been estimated that for every 1,000 target individuals that are at my level or around my level, that it costs four billion dollars annually so for every 250 that's a billion dollars every year just to monitor and surveillance and collect data on just 250 for every one targeted individual every year that's four million dollars so if you did the math four million dollars times a hundred and seventy thousand is six hundred and eighty billion dollars that could be being spent each and every year on this program. But you see, there's no expense that's too great when you have hu complete human enslavement and depopulation as the end goals. No price is too great for that end goal. What's the connection with Morgellons? Because uh, you, you have the skin disease, correct? Right. right. Um, well, for, for me, Morgellons disease for people that don't know, is a, an uncommon, rare, unacknowledged skin disorder experienced by a small percentage of targeted individuals. It's alleged to be a man-made pathogen or a parasite, a synthetic microorganism believed by many, including myself, to be part of the US biological weapons program 
and victims of this Morgellons disease are routinely falsely labeled with delusional parasitosis, although their claims may be real, criminal, intentional misdiagnosis can be used as a weapon against the targeted individual. There are photographs on your website, invisiblecrime.com, and these look like strands of cotton batten you call them cocoons these 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 are coming out of your out of your skin right right those are found throughout where uh, any residence that i inhabit for more than a couple of days those small fiber spools show up in they're they're what i call in the book i i refer to them as cocoons they're unknown they're unidentified fiber spools found within the residence that demonstrate an unnatural pathogen or synthetic worm that lives inside its human host. A North Carolina agricultural center was not able to identify these tiny fiber spools and they had never seen anything like them before. Some Morgellons disease victims experience open lesions with small fiber filaments accompanied by feelings of insects crawling on their skin. And I've, I've experienced that before too. Um, and again, those feelings are real, but a psychologist could falsely misdiagnose you and to say that you have delusional parasitosis, when really you you are part of an experimental, highly classified, unacknowledged special access program um, that's, that's based in secrecy and deception. That's how this crime has, has, has been able to survive so long. It's completely based in secrecy and deception. Um, and also, it could not exist this crime that I've written about, the invisible crime, could not exist without the complicity and acquiescence of the United States government, the medical community, and law enforcement. It has been suggested, and it's not difficult to perceive and understand, that corrupt judges and prosecutors can be bought and paid for to further the agenda of the criminal cabal. It's widely recognized that one of the ways that people can become targeted individuals is that if they've been wrongfully, illegally placed on the terror watch list. Has that happened to you? I believe it's happened to me. I have a friend who had connections with someone who worked in the government, and he is on the terror watch list, and he is not a terrorist. But he's seen his name on the list before. He had access to it. Well, are you able um, to, are you on a no-fly list, for example? Are you harassed no, when you go to the airport? No, that's not happened to me. I'm not on any kind of list that I'm aware of, but certainly that the, the terror watch list is one way that target individuals can be wrongfully introduced into the program. Uh, and uh, I mean, just like what happened to President Trump, a FISA warrant can be issued against a person that allows for surveillance against foreign so- spies or persons of interest. And it's not hard to get on the list. Uh, if you look at some of the just the basic re- 
if I could just uh, mention some of the basic ways. Once you get on this terror watch list, you're, you're, they have all the all the, the the right in their in their from their point of view to do anything they want with you, and you and you you can have surveillance done to you, uh, monitoring. Uh, you know, and, and that gives them permission to do that. If they I issue a, a, a FISA warrant against you, the, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, also called the FI FISA court, if it's if they if they um, they're able to request surveillance warrants against foreign spies or people of interest um, and just a couple of ways that, that you could get on the, the terror watch list is you could raise reasonable suspicion that you're involved with terrorism. Irrefutable evidence and concrete facts are not required. You could post something on Twitter or Facebook that raises quote unquote reasonable suspicion, or somebody could just think you're a potential terror threat. Nominators are encouraged not to dismiss such tips and after evaluating the quote unquote credibility of the source, could opt to nominate you to the list, or you could be a little terrorish, according to someone. Note that individuals who are accused of being involved with a terrorist organization, but who are later acquitted in a court of law or saw those charges dropped are still potential nominees for watch listing, as long as reasonable suspicion has been established. All right, final, or, sorry, my, yeah. Michael, final question. We're just about out of time here, but where is this all in summation? Where is this all headed? Are we going to wake up one morning and will all be targeted individuals? Are they ramping this up? Are they, do they have a goal in mind? What's the end game? Um, that's a great question. It's in my research, it's believed to be that this crime that I'm a victim of, that I'm a, a human experiment test subject of, um, is being scaled to the entire human population. And also, uh, it's been estimated that as many it has been estimated, certainly in my research, that as many as a third to as much as 50%, possibly 50%, but at least around a third of Americans have already been implanted without their knowledge, permission, or consent with RFID technology. That's astounding. Yes. Yes, and it can happen so easily. People wonder how it can happen. It can happen when you go for, for an inoculation, for a vaccination. It can happen through food. It can happen when you go for, you could be, you could be implanted when you go for a, a surgery or for a, a surgery, any kind of, any kind of general anesthesia. There, there are a host of possibilities of how people could be implanted and, um, or it could happen like me, somebody could drug you and implant you, and you'd wake up none the wiser. You wouldn't know what happened to you. People listening to this, many or some, I don't know, but certainly some will say, this gentleman, poor soul, he sounds like a paranoid delusional, like a psych patient. What do you say to them? How can you convince them otherwise? Well, I mean, uh, if I didn't know better, it would sound like that to me before I was targeted. I might say something similar to that if I hadn't listened to the case. But you have to understand that this is 
of the most classified technology. It's what what is what's known as monarch level. It's at a level beyond that which the president would be aware of. It's operating on a whole nother level. It's at the highest level of classified information that's out there. Um, also, one of the ways that targeted individuals are being dismissed is simply by saying that they are delusional or that they have that they're they they're mentally ill. So in that way, the crime perfectly covers its own tracks. Michael, thank you so much for this. Be well. Thank you. Michael Fitzhugh Bell, The Invisible Crime. Parts 1 and 2. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to fill you in on what's coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited. We knew that we had finally solved the case through his confession. The history of rock and roll is littered with suspicious deaths and the unexplainable. The last thing he said to anybody was to Suge Knight, and it was, on dying, man. Lennon, Hendrix, Presley, Jim Morrison, the truth told by the experts and the people there. Revelations that will blow yeah, your so mind. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone with Richard Serrett. Listen and subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, a glimpse of hell. A woman describes her horrific experience in hell after an attempted suicide. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>